Hey, hey, gang. Welcome to the maiden voyage of Brie and Friends, a podcast about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Brie Simmons. Let's get started. In this episode, I sat down with Matt Kopecki while I was back in Chicago for the holidays. Matt is a good friend of mine and fellow musician. I first met him back in 2013 when his band Obli on Arrow had a gig and a mutual friend of ours and then bandmate invited me out to said gig and a few months later I actually joined Oblio as a backing vocalist and auxiliary percussionist. It was a really fun time. Uh, Matt's a singer-songwriter, guitarist, bassist, drummer. He has a number of musical projects going on right now, one being Oblio, of course, and they have a new album out called Steps. He's got The Sleeves, which is a cover band, and his own personal solo project. Join us as we sit and talk about music, film, and even a little bit of Dungeons and & Dragons. And he did like all the Disney shit from like Hercules and Beauty and the Beast, all that. The music section of it? Yeah, like he composed all the music. And you can tell in Little Mermaid because he had the little glissando thing at the end where it's like do 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 that's alan that's (laughs) that's alan that's alan so they had like a little special on him and he did little shop of horrors i don't know if you know that musical uh i know of it i'm pretty bad with the musicals to tell you the truth it's good like really bad with the musicals it's a good one i'll bring it up a little later but they showed the behind the scenes while they were recording uh the song and it was like this little 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 woman singing jasmine's part and this dude you can tell was like made for broadway like he came straight from the boys glee club and he's like this is my moment i'm here on disney Mm. and they were recording it and that was the first time i saw like a legit huge studio with like uh this huge ass orchestra and i was like this is what i need to do with the rest of my life and i was in my little bunk bed at age 12 with my casio keyboard i'm like i'm gonna learn how to play a whole new world so i learned how to play it by ear because I had nothing else to do. Yeah, I had nothing else to do. I was sick That's staying at home, so I just kept rewinding it and like right. learned the melody. And then I learned a couple of the little accompanying parts, not like the full, you know, thing. But that was my, I'm like, yep. Wow. This is what I'm doing with my life. Hmm. I think. I'm going to steal it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I don't know. Learning songs by ear didn't happen until I was well into like maybe playing music, I guess. I think the first. I got a drum set when I was like eight or nine, like first kind of real drum set, whatever, you know, crap quality, but good enough to mess around on the instrument. And uh, my dad put on like the Let It Be album. And so I was playing along with that. But so for drums, I guess I was figuring it out by ear. Although I had this thing where I didn't really realize hi-hats, the use of them. So I just did everything on the tom. So do, 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 do. That's adorable. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it's really not the part either. <laughs> not at all, but you know, which my dad definitely and variations. pointed out. Yeah, things um, and variations on Let It Be. But um, as far as like guitarist or anything like that, it would have been years later, maybe like fourteen, and it would have been Tab picking up Tab. My brother showed me like some you know CGD type you know things. So when and then just the idea of how to read Tab. So then like you know maybe going back to like a let it be or something i could try and figure out a simple tune on the because you already know the rhythm of it and then once you okay get the you know the See, that's kind of, good yeah but there was no like um i don't know 
I don't I can't really recall doing that like putting on this, a CD player or something and having the keyboard there and figuring I mean I'm sure I did maybe a little bit I'm starting to remember your uh, Uriah Heap tune Firefly Deep Cut oh, wow. um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I don't know that's awesome and at 12 definitely not that's all and Aladdin definitely not <laughs> is that Aladdin it is Aladdin alright cool that's all I did though like I I had a little notebook it was a Bratz notebook i don't know if you know those dolls no like big-headed alien looking things but i thought they were just cute as ever and i'm like i need them all so it was a brat notebook and i didn't write down like the note i knew how to read music from then because i was playing piano on seven so i knew the basics like f-a-c-e and then the totally. lines e-g-b-d-f all that but i didn't get the concept of writing it like that like on a staff so i just wrote the melody with the actual letter name so like oh wow c sharp d e f all that with no rhythmic notation you just no. like if i know. knew the song like i know the melody totally so just... totally yeah no and you fill it in that's how i was with uh tab and the guitar and whatnot i think i might have asked you if you saw the documentary um chasing train no i haven't because it's on Netflix now. We saw it in the theaters. I would pay for it again, though. It was really fucking good. Chasing Train? Mm-hmm. It's about John Coltrane. And they interview him. And Bill Clinton, too. Really? Why? How the hell? <laughs> Bill Clinton sitting there. John well, Coltrane, Coltrane was. <laughs> I'm like, why is Bill here? He plays saxophone. Let's put him on there. But he had a lot of knowledge about it. I don't know if he just researched it right then and there. Hillary gave him some, like, bullet points, but... Hopefully not. That sucks. I wonder how John Coltrane would feel about that. <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But he has an interesting story. Like, I knew he was into drugs, but I never knew he stopped. Like, I just thought he was always into it. Oh, no, no. But no. the stuff he created was, like, after it. And I'm like, that's really commendable. I like that. That he just had this whole... Totally. ...outer body experience while not on the substance and the way they because the way they talked about it it made it seem like it all happened like in seven days like the creation thing you know Mm -hmm. sort of thing Mm -hmm. where his daughter like stepdaughter sort of thing was saying when he was like uh going through withdrawal like he just stopped cold turkey because he's like i don't want to end up like them you know and he was kicked out of um uh miles charlie parker's band i believe right was it or miles davis no, it might have been Miles. I'm not sure. Uh, but the at the other. same time, Miles used to be strung out too. Really? On well, and off. I don't think he ever... Well, I might be speaking out of school. I listened to that Miles book and uh, he talks about... Because I remember hearing about that with Coltrane that, yeah. from that uh, Ken Burns documentary, which yeah, is kind of like... what got me into the whole thing. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that he had kicked it and like um, Love Supreme and all that kind of stuff is post the junk. Yeah. I think Miles... <clears throat> Might have been on and off. It seemed like it through uh, his whole... Well, then what a little hypocrite. But I see what he's saying. I don't <laughs> know. I, it might have been Charlie Parker who was kind of like... Maybe. You know, I might uh, be wrong. a mentor to both of them who kicked him out. I, I could be wrong yeah. too, but it, that, that... Just combine the documentaries. But I mean, he was Ken on the Burns shit and... too, so that yeah, was kind of just I, the times. Was on yeah. But like he, he was kicked out, and then he just went cold turkey, and... He said the withdrawal phase was just, like, horrible. Like, he would just be getting sick every night. But the way they explained it there made it seem like it just happened overnight. And then, look, a new album, you know? But I'm like, that had to be horrible to go through that for, like, months and months and months. Yeah, But then you get this beautiful thing out of it. And I don't know if he realized or any of, like, these legendary artists or albums that we 
<clears throat> like reference today i don't know if they realize while they're making it how amazing it is and then years later someone's talking about it usually after they're dead unfortunately mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know that that'd be uh i don't know that album's what from like 56 or something too yeah and like no one was doing it oh hell no like we hear it now and it's just like it's not like everything else but you can hear other things like it certainly totally. but like from back then it's like what is he doing mm-hmm. like with classical stuff when they had the enlightenment and they started playing things that weren't perfect fourths and perfect fifths and they're like whoa guys slow down are we playing major sevenths what is this mm-hmm. and then everyone's like no we can't see that that's the devil's music For sure. and it's just weird to think that that's like the same sort of thing <laughs> no I'm with you um that's all I got to say about that. Like, uh, yeah, that devil's uh, interval or something. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there is. Like I was just being dramatic. Like it no, wasn't no, no, no. There was part that of the thing. church. And uh, Black Sabbath, that song, Black Sabbath, was playing that that kind of interval. It's like the fucked up NBC. <laughs> Major six is NBC, guys. What? Music you theory do fun NBC fact. And I'll do Black Sabbath. Okay. You first. At the same. Oh. Uh, <laughs> at the uh, same. All right. Yeah. At the same time. Let's the, see what. I, what's the first? Um. We'll go there. Where? That's the first note. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Now dun, I'm gonna be. Under- That's NBC. Bum, bum. All right. And Black Sabbath is. Ding, ding. I gotta do a little bit of a guitar effect, you know. Ding. Turn the pedal um, on. Just yeah. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. That's NBC. Hold sure on. You just messed me. I was we'll thinking too much about the guitar tone. But um, that was kind of what I played. <laughs> <laughs> that Same was, difference. Yeah, that was. Uh, if I even did it right, it might be off. Looking for no bell kit. It's all good. We'll move on. But. Um, I got garage band. I can get up. What happened? I said I got garage band. I can get up for these sort of moments oh, if it comes up shit. later. But, yeah, I just thought, like, he was uh, being interviewed on there as well, of course, because... Kamasi Washington? Mm-hmm. Like, on he talked uh, Chasing Train. Oh, okay, cool, cool. <clears throat> Him and, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Wynton Marcellus was as well, and yeah. Bill Clinton. Like, I don't know why I keep coming yeah. back to that, but yeah. I just thought, okay, Bill. Huh. No Obama. But Bill. Had he played a brass instrument? Not, no, but, I mean, he's had, like, every... Not completely switching topics, but like, sort of like I appreciated his administration. Mm-hmm. Not only because of this, well, but this was uh, a big part of it. Now. But he, yeah, <laughs> F- yeah. Um, he he like paid so much attention to the arts and always had something there at the White House or the Kennedy Center or something to like put a spotlight on it. Like when everyone was going crazy about Hamilton, and I'll admit at first I'm like whatever because. I don't want to be that guy, but when people go that crazy over something, I'm like, okay, I'm probably not going to like it. But then I actually listen to it and watch them like, this yeah. is fucking amazing. It's I, good. It's really good. Totally. It's awesome. And I'm actually teach... doing uh, reading the Hamilton book now. It's there like, you go. Well, listening to it. It's like 40 something hours. Yeah. Like you don't, it's like a new age schoolhouse rock. Like I never knew Hamilton play. any I'm of I'm just that. listening to like one Well, still, of the like, official, that makes you yeah, want to, totally, you totally. know, learn more about it. Like, I didn't know much about Alexander. Me, little mini history buff, didn't know much about Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And you see all this, and it's like, it, it really just reminds you that these people were, like, living, breathing 
actual people, not just characters you read about in your history book. And then, like, how they shaped and changed things. And I think it's nice that it, you know, connected that way. But I just like that he had, like, all these different musical artists and even dance and literature and all that, like, put in the forefront so people could see what all these artists are doing and how they're shaping everything. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. Like, he had so many great artists come and sing and now no one wants to go there and it's sort of sad (laughs) (laughs) yet understandable um i do have that tendency too and i fight against it to where if like something's like just a uh you know super popular cultural thing at the moment um i i think when i was younger i would have an aversion to that that catching on the trend or something but um i I always kind of you know, a lot of things you recognize, like uh, take Stranger Things or whatever. Yeah, this is. I'm sorry, I was having a moment. Um, there's a reason why it's that popular, or like a, a a song that's been on the radio every day, several times a day for the past thirty years. Uh, like you know, Bruno like Mars, a- ACDC, or whatever, or Bruno <laughs> Mars in the future. Like there's oh, a God, reason yeah, why <laughs> certain things, you know, stand the test of time, and it's hard to quantify exactly what that is. But you know, when you, when you hear it, and you know it when you don't. Um, I don't know. So, but something like, uh, what were you relating that to? Hamilton or? Hamilton, yeah. Uh, I didn't really, you know, I'm not, I don't really have my ear to the ground with the theater musical stuff. Um, but I, I did listen to that and I do enjoy history quite a bit as, as well. And I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And totally creative and unique. <clears throat> and yeah, I, I appreciated it. But I, I only listened to it once, so I'm, I couldn't, you know. I, I could stand to revisit like it. Like, 90% of my friends in L.A. love that. So I heard it a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. And I was one of the first people that came to, like, Brie will like this. Totally. And I was resisting it at first just because, not even because of, like, how popular it was. I just saw how long it was. And I'm like, there's no visual for me because I didn't see any of the video yet. I just had the songs. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Because I like musicals. But totally. I'm like, I don't want to sit through this Hamilton stuff. But then from, like, the first little thing with the, like... That whole thing, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. here. I'm ready. Totally. I had a crush on Lafayette, who also played, I think, Thomas Jefferson. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any of the cast. I, I just listened to it in, in like and a car other, ride I don't, or something. I want to see it, but none of the original cast is in it anymore, so I feel like they're all great, I'm sure, because they're yeah. on Broadway, and where totally. am I? But totally. I'm like, you know. Well, I mean, besides that, there's just tons of talented people yeah. out there. Like, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just... Because I'm used to hearing the original cast and like seeing bits and pieces of it. Someone put like a bootleg up on YouTube, but now it's gone, so I've missed my okay chance. But <laughs> to watch the bootleg on yes. YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> I had it saved. I was like, I'll watch you later. Next day, it's gone. Should I known. actually do that with audiobooks quite a bit? I search. Them <laughs> That's on more refined YouTube. than me trying. <laughs> well, I mean, but yeah, like uh, you know, I'll have it bookmarked or be in the process of listening to it and you'll re- you know come back to it and someone deleted it and you're like damn you I don't know if I want to use my audible credit on this but <laughs> <laughs> I was previewing yeah yeah I mean a, a shitty narrator and recording can make or break a good <laughs> book even like that's true I enjoy the, the show Game of Thrones I'm not like whoa about it but it's it's a fun show and I, I, I tried the books and same same opinion about the books more or less and um there's a certain point where, like, the narrator, it's like, man, for as successful, as successful as this series has been, 
how did they not no offense to the dude who got the job <laughs> but how did they how did he get the job was I there mean, an audition did well, he know a like, producer yeah. at this point you know everyone kind of I would imagine is picturing the characters from the show if they were listening to the book right yeah at, when they're hearing the book and like the voices this dude chooses for the characters does he are do like, like the women's voices as well yeah oh no uh oh and not like <laughs> I mean I understand it might be weird if it were like switching off narrators the whole time or whatever and you know a lot of audiobooks that the narrator you know if it's a woman she'll be covering the guy parts and it works you're just in the story but the the choice of style that he gives like uh what the blonde lady queen with the dragons um uh, you, you know she's something. a queen she's supposed to be regal what is that child with daenerys or yeah or maybe not regal but i don't know she's a queen mm-hmm. and he chooses like the Sky. voice i would make Crap for ton like of titles you know like uh i don't know <laughs> just not a queen so <laughs> it's like uh hunchback poor oh. you know british lady from i'm 70 mother years of ago. dragons yeah i'm your mother <laughs> of dragons i believe <laughs> Something of the sort. I don't know. Uh-oh. And um, where did this whole thing come from? I'm really not invested. I'm invested in this conversation now, but I'm not invested in these know. books. This so tends, really, this tends to happen. Uh, when... But yeah, those Game of Thrones books. Don't waste your Audible credits, folks. You heard no. it here first. Um, Do you know who narrates it? Like the guy's name? I don't want to put him on blast. <laughs> <laughs> don't embarrass um, the man like that. Just... I just did the Exorcist book. And oh. dude, oh. and it's the author. Who, I don't know if right? I want to hear that. That would... man, and the author adds to the to the effect because he's got spookies. like some old, <laughs> freaky author voice, and <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, yeah, that movie, nineteen seventy three, and have, I mean, have you seen it or no? I have. How'd you feel about it? I, again, if I saw it back then, I'd be like, "What the hell is happening?" Oh, it didn't do it for and, you. I don't know, like scary movies, and again, maybe it's because I knew about it before it came out. Like again, if I saw it right when it came out, mm-hmm. and I knew maybe nothing about it or what to expect, I'd be like, "What is going?" Like Star Wars, when everyone first saw that, those special effects like blew, through, through, blew everyone's mind. <laughs> totally. But I don't know, like scary movies just don't. But I feel like if I heard it. Like, being narrated to me, it would creep me out more than seeing it, you know? And there's a couple scenes in the book that... But it well, actually... Is it supposed to... Like, was that it? Like, it was a true thing? Or was uh, that that paranormal activity stuff? No, I mean, there's a lot of, like, horror movies that claim to be... Or will be, like, loosely based off something that happened in real life. Um, I think William Friedrichen... I might be mispronouncing that or slightly off. I think that's the author. The book came out maybe in the... I'm guessing late 60s because the movie's in 73, mm-hmm. or it came out earlier than that. But I believe, and I might mess up this story a little bit, but he either came across a story about a young boy in the Midwest who was had an exorcist performed on him, and I or he was a going to be in the priesthood or something and came across that story or came across that himself. I'm not sure, something like that. But either way, he changed a couple things made it about a young girl yeah and all that kind of stuff yeah so small things but it's it's loosely or supposedly based on a real case um that's rough you know another (laughs) what's that that's a rough night it's a rough couple weeks you (laughs) this is horrible um but yeah and then i don't know but 
if we're talking like you know to relate it to something like Coltrane which is way ahead yeah. of its time in a total different respect this is also way ahead of its time because 1973 if you can recall like you know some of the scenes in the movie or some of the content like no yeah. one was doing pretty that. graphic yeah pretty exactly <laughs> 1973 that's like Watergate um but yeah the book that's a case where the narrator is you know helps it work man i'm surprised we're on here yeah plugging audiobooks we are look at this (laughs) that's nice that's good maybe we can get a sponsorship from audible uh, use the definitely don't need the plugs (laughs) use the code matt and brie to get 20 percent off your subscription don't do that it's not it's not real it's more so for them and if we're talking about that, and I'm not biased because we all know my love for Peter Hernandez Jr., a.k.a. Bruno Mars, but <laughs> the man can write a fucking song. Of course. Like, that's what he was doing before he started performing, well, exclusively anyway, you know? And this past album, as cheesy as it may sound, he, like, almost perfectly gets the 70s 80s 90s boy band soul totally sort of group thing totally but makes it sound like you can play it today and it will sound like it's from today totally. but if you just distort it a little bit and like record it on analog or something it'll sound like it's from there like new edition earth wind and fire sort of shit and i'm like he them him the engineers and the producers they nailed that sound totally. like from the instrumentation of it the different the harmonies they chose like it just it's good and that's all. I'm not going to go ranting. That's it? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. For not, sure. That's for later. That's a plug time. for Bruno Mars, another... Like, he needs one, who, but, Yeah, you know. that's what I mean. <laughs> he's, he's fine. No, Lesser he, known artist. Uh, uh, and, well, that kind of can tie into something like where, you know, you might feel some sort of knee-jerk pull to, like, ah, this dude, what's it all about? Yeah. But if you actually give it the time of day, it's like... Or just come at it with, a, like, a being... Uh, just able to appreciate good shit doesn't have to be your thing yeah but like that's that's well done sir type of shit i no one in my group age group anyway is really a fan of him and i feel like a little teenage girl whenever i talk about him and i'm like guys i know he's he's got those cheesy like just the way you i can't stand that song never could (laughs) but like his singles I don't want to sound like that person was like, you got to listen to the album, man. But the deep cuts. Yeah. But and, again, he knows what he's doing. Like, he like, knows how to write a top 40 hit. Of course. Because he does it for fucking everybody else that'll, like, get ears listening. And then if you're crazy like me, you'll be like, I like that man's voice. And just dig deeper. For find, sure. like, his EPs, mixtapes, and, you know, like, see how he's developed. Because and... I was going to say, even that song that you just sang, I think, like, he's past that. Thank you know, God. He's not doing that anymore. Thank God. And with that album, I've heard, anyway, I don't know if this is, like, super true. And I forgot what I was reading. Um, But, like, the record company, because, you know, you sign that contract, and it's like, you got to do this by this time. And after the two years, you're free to do almost mm-hmm. whatever you please. Mm-hmm. Um, But they were, like, pushing him, like, you got to get this album out. So he just wrote an album really quick. And he liked the songs, but... That's why the second album took forever for me anyway, well, to me anyway, to come out because he just put more time in it and more of his own 
itself in mm, for it. Sure. For sure. If that sure. makes sense. The first album's cool. It's cute, but it's yeah. <laughs> it well, it doesn't. He, I mean, like you were saying, he on this latest one, he captures a whole aesthetic in mm-hmm. of something that's ha- happened and like you know some nostalgic feeling mm-hmm. towards that. Well, totally being fresh and new. It yeah. doesn't feel unnatural or any. I mean, it, it like he's going so hard for this thing. Right. You, you know, I mean, again, like, this isn't breaking any news. This album's, you know, fucking successful as could just, be. I saw that live. Even the live show, like, feels like you're watching New Edition or something. Like him and the band. Is. They're doing, like, all the old school moves. Yeah. In, like, they're synced up. They've totally. got it. Totally. I'm like, this is a. Well, this is a showman about, here. I mean, and it just makes sense that someone like that, talented, you know, I mean, that's what they grew up probably being He's into. He's like four so years it, old doing it. He's like a hopefully not as messed up Michael Jackson. <laughs> like, he grew he up doing, doing it. Stuff. Yeah, all right, there you go. He's so, a whole Elvis impersonator huh. in his dad's band. Wow. In Honolulu. Interesting. That's cool. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it just makes sense that, like, if, you know... Or like like for yourself, why you might identify with that, or or maybe you grew up listening to that. So it's like when you see someone now doing it so well. I've missed it so much. Exactly. Like, there you go. <laughs> so like. I still listen to New Edition and all that. And when he came out with it, like when I first heard Twenty Four Karat Magic, I will admit I'm like, eh. you didn't. Dig <laughs> I it. want it. Like, I think I just hyped myself up because I knew the album was coming and I was waiting like two years at this point. I'm like, yeah. here we go. Yeah. And then I downloaded, I pre-ordered that album actually. That's awesome. And I downloaded and I'm like, okay. Because when you first hear it, it's not, and see my mistake was, I just like listened to it on my phone. But then oh, yeah. like, it was like shitty speakers. I didn't have this oh, cool iPhone. Phone speaker? Not yeah. even headphones? No. Oh, that's So a then bummer. that's what I did. I had to put the earbuds in. I'm like, oh, I see. I'm getting it now. That's like, like <laughs> you hear like everything. That's like you waited for a movie to come out, <laughs> and then you went there and watched, watched it, it through Scotch tape on your eyes, and you're like, you know, I just uh... yeah. So I had to give it <laughs> another. Scotch tape listen. is a clear tape, right? Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Um, I do that all the time. Sorry. If you watch will, movies with Scotch well, I'll tape. watch a movie while I'm doing other shit. Ah. And then I have to like think about it. Well, like I can't make a judgment on the movie in any real way because it would be the equivalent to like if someone were listening to my music while having a conversation and then I asked them what they thought about the album. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you're kind of listening to it, but if you were really, you you know, in yeah, I mean, people work years on movies or you know however long but sometimes years and uh to be like practicing scales while i'm watching it or like paying bills <laughs> and i got it in a window screen i can't really feel like i gave um you know uh ex machina the full try that it should have or something even though i actually did with that one and that was a really good movie there's certain things i'll i'll make a point to like watch watch a black mirror or you know I'm trying to start that show. Oh, man. But I watched it again. They're all unsettling. None of them will leave you. Yeah. I The first one, is that the one with the weird pig thing? Oh, isn't that (laughs) such a ballsy start to a show? Like, episode one. (laughs) Here you go. It's pretty out there. Yeah. um, Some episodes are definitely better than others. Uh, But I would give... I would, when you're in the mood for something like that, because I always... 
liked a, a sort of um, Twilight Zone, Outer Limits type yeah, of feel. Yeah, that sort of thing, right? And, Where... and it definitely taps into that kind of vibe. But like some of the episodes are truly brilliant. When you get to season three... Um, Oh, there's three seasons. Ju- San Junipero, I think, is the name of the episode, and I believe it won a bunch of awards. Everyone's talking about that one. To me, that's maybe that might be like it's up there for my favorite like piece of art in in film. It it is. I didn't know there was three seasons of this madness. I don't know. They're only like three episodes each. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. It, yeah. The first two seasons are each like three episodes or four episodes or something, and then oh, um, there's like a holiday then. episode, which is not like. Hey, um, I, I wouldn't think so. But it's the guy from Mad Men, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say Dante told me about one with John Hamm in it. It's brilliant. And it's like something to do with a box, and someone being left uh, there or something like that. I don't know. But there, when you first told me, it creeped me out, and I'm like, I don't need to hear anymore. I'm just each gonna... <laughs> episode is brilliant. But that San Junipero one is the only one that, to me, felt like through and through this sort of like warmth to it. Um, uh, commercial? No, or, I was no. checking the. Go um, on. <laughs> yeah, there's this like through and through warmth to it. And I don't want to like give away any of this. You should just go into it as unknowing about any of it don't read the description or anything that's that's the trick with for me with black mirror episodes like they're putting out previews now for the new season and i'm tempted to watch them but i don't want to watch them because it's just like i want to go into all those episodes totally cold because they're just so thought out and and detailed and and um man just really thought-provoking uh that i want to kind of get lost in those episodes and that san junipero one I had a, a little micro, and and the lights <laughs> were just beautiful. It was like four in the morning, had the sound going, and uh, it about did me in. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It I'm not doing any of that. It's beautiful. Uh, plug for Black Mirror. There no. you go. Another <laughs> <They> one. Need... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen one. The only the first episode. And I didn't fall asleep because it was boring. I fell asleep because whenever I watch something past like 10 p.m., I'm just out. Yeah. No matter what day of the week it is. Just, it's bad. But. Have you checked out that show Crown on Netflix? It's on my list. I want to because. All right. I feel like there's some. I heard that it's all pretty accurate according to Queen Mother herself. Oh, really? Yeah. She actually commented on it? Yeah. Wow. Like, I haven't seen any of it. There she, was one thing she made a comment. I can't remember what, but she was like, that's the only thing. But other wow. than I'm like, this is intense. That woman's been a lot for a while. Dude, so, she's like... <laughs> she's still kicking. Like, every day I'm nervous. Like, anytime I, I hear something about the past, well, I'm, I'm like, not, oh, no. I, I, why, I see, now I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to like this show, because now I'm saying, I know. Like, <laughs> Oh, I know. I give a fuck about... Yeah. Um, but I do like the show, you know, if you like history... <laughs> as we both enjoy talking about and stuff. Um, you know, I never really cared so much about the royal family and stuff, but it, it makes you care in a really interesting way, or you find yourself caring. Hmm. because and Just because it's well done, well acted, well written, but how it intertwines with the history and, like, you know, it's a really interesting time yeah. for the UK. And then, like, for, well. you know, Netflix does a lot of shit really well. And uh, I would say that The Crown is... One of my, it's it'd be on the upper list of things that they've done as far as series that I'm thinking of offhand. 
I mean, it's not the. It's not the. You know. It the, could very well be. I don't know. I haven't seen I it, like but that. it's Ozark on. was fantastic. Um, you know, Stranger I've Things heard of is that. amazing. Stranger um, Things really. Like I, the second season. I don't know. Like see, I think I was too fixated on that asshole brother of that little. Uh, oh yeah, he's pretty little intense. redhead girl. I'm like, I don't like him. Like he gave me too many weird <laughs> vibes. Oh. Like I was so scared for that girl. I'm like, what is he gonna do? Yeah. Like yeah. Thankfully, nothing horrible happened. But see, I think I the that's a show for me to unplug <clears throat> from the hype and like I don't want to because it was like built up so much and it didn't let me down. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. But like I. You know, I remember another little I had was micro at chilling at my <laughs> brother's house and that show had just come out season one and like oh, it was late at oh night, no. big screen. No nope. I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> and no, it was perfect. As soon as the like just the intro, I was like, This is the way you miss like those that sound from the like I I love that sort of like eighties nostalgia thing and they the way that they Bruce nailed it. Uh, Bruce Marno Is that who did it? No. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck. All right. It's my one dumb moment of the friend? night. What's his name now? I thought that was like the name of the fucking composer. And then I had to think like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, um, go yes. on. The way he captured that aesthetic with his last album, um, I felt like they perfectly captured that it's aesthetic of back. the late 80s. Or just 80s yeah. sort of, um, you know, adventure, preteen mm-hmm. sort of, you know. Uh, and, and But even on the, like, the whole thing, minor details, like the font, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And now that's a thing because, you know, obviously a lot of people picked up on it. But, yeah, it's episode one, season one, I was sold. Um, you know, I was going to say, I also liked how they have, like, these kids who are actual kids playing kids mm-hmm. and how... I say kudos to their acting skills because they have to, you know, pretend that none of these devices exist and, you know, communicate through other means or not know where someone is and just be okay with it. And you know what I mean? But at the same time, I was going to bring up how they had their little walkie talkies and maybe that's sort of like a, we're not completely. Yeah. I listened to, I think a podcast with the the creators of it and they were mentioning how like it's so much easier to write for that time period because you know they don't have to account for cell phones where like you know it would just change the entire way everyone what's that (laughs) so they would have found barb yeah exactly or or, or is that the orange haired lady (laughs) (laughs) that orange haired lass yes that sounded rude i was trying to say it polite (laughs) you know Barb. Um, well, they like. I mean, yeah, and and they were saying that you know they can. There's a lot of give and take with the, uh, with the walkie-talkies, like you know, when they work in range, when they're mm-hmm. not working. But yeah, having cell phones would definitely change the whole, you know, structuring of how they communicate. I appreciated the uh, Dungeons and Dragons thing. I am totally. by no means like an expert at it at all. I just started playing like two, three years ago. That's I'm cool. not really that great at it. I don't know if someone can be like super good at it. Now that I think about it, I don't it. know how. I don't know how you would play or how to play. Um, but, but like I like how they tied in their game into like what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. That was neat. We used to play. Uh, it was probably like some sort of spinoff or something. But it was like Warhammer's Quest was oh. some sort of game. It sounds intense. My neighbor neighbor had it when we were growing up, and. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I was I was into that. 
But I've never done Dungeons and, and Dragons. Oh, it is great. I would it imagine it is if fun. If you have a you know, small like... imaginative group. Totally. Totally. Because <clears throat> it's sort of like a create your... Well, not completely, because the Dungeon Master, the DM... Do you he... have to calm that? I don't. Just because... Can you just call Fred or whatever? Ours is Dante, or... and I would yeah. just feel weird. Uh, excuse me, Dungeon Master? <laughs> can I get more Triscuits? <laughs> My character would like um, to eat wheat thins and cheese sticks. And, and the hummus, please. Yes, the hummus. <laughs> um, maybe they did back in the day just because I felt like they got really into that. And it's like, no. I could see this that. Is... But like they come up with a story and you try to lead the group into it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it just goes left. Like with our group, because there's like eight of us. Mm-hmm. Eight. Yeah, that would be hard. And there's this and... You get to one person like, okay, what is your character doing? And then they tell you. But then by the time you get all the way around, everyone's forgotten what they're doing. I'm turning this on. Who they're with. And yeah, it just gets like, I recommend doing it with a smaller group because maybe like five tops. Because other than after that, it just gets too. Side conversations. Yeah. Distractions. Like these phones. Totally. totally. (laughs) I'm surprised they don't have a way to incorporate the phone into the game. Like, you can look up the rule book and some of the spells and whatnot, and you can have, like, the 20-sided dice they have. Dice uh-huh. or die? Is die one and dice two? Yes. 20-sided die they have. You can get an app for all that, too. But we have the real stuff, but sometimes we look up, oh, what does this spell do on someone's phone? 20-sided die. Wow. <clears throat> Where one is, like, a critical loss. Like, huh. if you said, oh, I'm going to uh, stab this uh evil troll if you roll a one something happens where the troll like sneezes <laughs> sneezes and then the mucus is like blade. some sort of poison and oh. then now you're melted or something damn like you're just done and, and then you know if you trolls, get, like, is, a, trolls got big noses it's true like you don't know where that's gonna go mm. so and if you can get a 20 it's like you you sneeze on him yeah and then your mucus is poison and he melts and turns into gold or something <laughs> oh Trolls melt in the gold. That could be a thing. I don't know. It could be a thing. I'm just saying it's like a critical loss and a critical win. (laughs) Like you're done for or you've just done all of it. Sneezed on or... (laughs) Or you sneeze upon. (laughs) Sneezed on or sneezed upon. (laughs) That's what it is. Dice Factory. Do you think that's a, a job still done by people? I want to hope. Or... I want to say so. <laughs> I want to hope. I want to feel again. Because <laughs> twenty sided die. Do you think that's left up for the people who like, got some sure, years in the factory? I am sure there's someone I know. A couple of, and literally a couple of my that's gaming a, friends. I don't know many gaming people, study. but they like go to people that they've been with for like years and years, where they only get their like little miniatures from or dice from. They just make them. And they sell for, like, big bucks because they're, like, handmade, you know? Wow. Hand- so it is handmade. Some of them are. Damn. Um, the ones we get, I don't know. I have to ask because I think they're, like, in every... They would have to be, like, robots by now that are doing it. Because they're just, like, everywhere. These dice we use. Well, every, like, gaming sort of store. Or a comic book shop. <laughs> One and the same. Well, I'd imagine, yeah, they're not, like, rare <clears throat> finds, but... Huh. That would be an interesting... You should look into that. I'm definitely not going to, but it would be... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna, but... There we are. 
Um, so yeah, I was gonna do a little mini Christmas album, but it didn't happen at all because I was super busy before I had to leave. And I'm trying to not use that as an excuse anymore and try to get more done and like work up the, I don't know, stamina to stay up. You know how like the 6 a.m. days go. Totally. So, totally. Like weekdays, I want to stay up and record stuff, but I feel I want to record when I get back home, but that's like at three o'clock. Totally. <clears throat> and I don't know, I just feel better recording at night for some reason. I don't know why, but. Yeah, you got to make the time, you know, even with like a holiday thing, I figure like you might want to definitely start working on that by like Halloween. Give yourself yeah. the buffer time. But I thought know? like, you know, they're covers and I wasn't going to do like anything fancy. Just play um, piano and mm-hmm. sing it and like mark it as like live in studio recording so I don't have to do much to it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But it did not happen because I'm too picky and I would sing a take. I did literally 103 takes of the same verse from All I Want for Christmas is You in a lower key. So it was fine. But I'm like, nope, don't like that. Nope, don't like that. And instead of like punching in and out, and I'm like, no, I want it to just be authentic. So I would just start over. Totally. So. 103? 103. Damn. (laughs) You know what? That's my life. I don't know if I've ever hit 103, but I've definitely been close. Or done way more to where then like you, you got like the forehead sweat and you're like, oh my god, should I even play music? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I feel. Like, what am I doing? With, what are you even doing right now, Bray? Just continue teaching people because you certainly can't do it yourself. Just That's weird. See, I have to equate it to like basketball. And play, uh, yeah, stretch, I know. Um, I'm ready to well, hear like, this. You know, I don't know for sure, but isn't it like Phil Jackson wasn't the best player? Oh. But somehow he was a coach, coach, right? (laughs) And like, you know, then you get like a Michael Jordan who might not be a, you know, not that he ever tried to coach or something. That's weird. I don't know. You'd think that like that's always like a a crossover or something. But like, I've never felt confident teaching at all. I didn't at first either. But I think it helped. It's going to sound silly, but... I didn't grow up teaching, but again, at our church, we're like the family. So I had to go to like Sunday school and sometimes teach the Sunday school classes or teach the vacation Bible school classes. So I was just surrounded by children all the time. Plus like everyone's having babies in my family. So (laughs) I'm just always been around kids. So I just know how to like, you know, handle them and music stuff. Like, I don't know. I just... I think it's just because I like talking about it, so I figure I can teach it, sort of. Like, if I can play it, I can teach it, but I don't know. I don't know how I got into it, or I don't even remember what my first lesson I taught was like. It probably wasn't the best, but I definitely learned something, or pick up a new tech. Well, you learn by teaching, too, right? Isn't that weird? I've gotten way better at, like, improvising on piano from teaching voice lessons, coincidentally, because you got to, like riff with them like not just playing warm-ups but if they want to play a song you may not have it like recording of it so you got to play the chords to it so i've gotten better with that for sure but and just also gotten better with teaching stuff too like every lesson i have i'm like oh i could do this differently or i can add this into it and yeah 
Totally. And it, and it does all tie together. I mean, like, um, you know, playing the bass for a little while makes me realize that much more about drums or, yeah. the, you know, what I'm going to do with the guitar or something like that. Um, and I, for the short stint that I was teaching, though I didn't feel confident in it, I don't think I was... I kind of knew where I was at with it. So it was like I purposely took on beginner and intermediate students because though I can play, I might not have the, um, you know, the communication skills in theory to be able to talk to an advanced student uh, like, okay, well, yeah, this is actually the circle of force. Like I get it. I get, you know, and I can figure it all out. But like I'm not at first to communicate it and teach someone else it well it depends on if they want to learn it because i'm finding like if they were taking like a general music class then yeah they'll have to learn that sort of stuff but if it's yeah. just like a one-on-one lesson especially with, with, with the kids they're mostly beginners anyway so i just try to teach them that stuff right off the bat just so they'll have it and know it but they don't really i don't want to say you don't need it but you don't like with more advanced players i would consider you an advanced player and I wouldn't, you don't have to be technical all the time, like with it. Like if they want to learn to play something, you could show them how to play it, I would think. Like you, of course you gotta explain something, but you don't have to be like, you wanna drop the G sharp to this yeah. and that. Well, and I mean that. like techniques, being able to explain tech, like, uh, you know, this is chinger, uh, chicken picking or whatever oh, you know or like okay. just to be able to like i thought you meant like know the, the little tricks of the trade or like that junk no no no, no i can get around <laughs> on that but like to know like or just well the theory part of it for sure or like the reading music if we're going to be taking on say if i had advanced students and and you know on piano or anything like that and now we're doing sheet music that's I'm, a doozy yeah <laughs> i'm i'm setting, no i'm wasting your oh, time man. um but like yeah beginner students sure and you know i i can get around myself but it's there's a there's a a difference in being able to communicate it or like in an in an effective way you know um and i don't really yeah i didn't always feel i I wouldn't feel confident doing that with advanced students even if you know um the playing isn't an issue uh it would be the am i explaining this correctly Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um, but yeah, the the little stint of lessons that I did was doing, you know, even that little while I could feel some sort of improvement. But it also just didn't. I don't know. It didn't really. I'd rather be playing, you know. I don't know when it comes down to it, like that take lessons thing. Are you still doing that? Mm-hmm. And it's you've done well by that. Yeah, I've just recently started it as like a side gig mm-hmm. to be like it's still music and I can pursue other things. Totally. But now I just your like, own boss. really like it. So, who knew? That's awesome. I will say the voice lessons are easier, though, because you don't have to be super technical with that. It's like, mm-hmm. you sound good or, no, not like, you sound good or you don't. But, I don't know, I can just communicate better with singing. Like, you need to do this with your voice or try to sing it this way or add more emotion to this or more expression to this. Mm-hmm. As with piano, you can still do that, of course. But if they're playing on a keyboard that doesn't have like the, you know, weighted or hammers on them, mm-hmm. like you can't say play louder, like turn it up while here. Yeah, yeah, it's that sort of thing. Almost a different instrument. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for listening to Brian Friends, guys. To get updates on Matt and his musical endeavors, check out the description box to get links to Obli on Arrow's various social media pages, as well as Matt's Instagram. You'll also find a link to download and stream Oblio's new album, Steps, both free. To stay in the loop with us over here at Brian Friends, visit the show SoundCloud at Brian Friends, that's B-R-I ampersand friends, to get notifications and updates on new episodes every Thursday. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to both will be in the description box. Well, it's been real, folks. We'll see you next week. Yeah, boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll definitely delete that.